Uh, when I was uh, a young man, I was probably uh, like maybe a freshman in high school, and I uh, I, I did something wrong um, enough that I got uh, sent to my room, and you know, my, by my mom, and she says, uh, "Just you go up there and you wait till your father gets home." Right? So we've all heard that before, and so. Uh, and I, you know, I knew I had done something wrong, and I, I felt terrible about it. And uh, I also knew I was in big trouble, and so I was pretty, pretty anxious and upset with myself. And I'm sure I was probably just laying there on my bed crying and waiting for uh, uh, my dad uh, to get home so I could, you know, get out of my room, get out of my exile. And so he came home, and you know, heard them talking downstairs and he came up and, and he opened the door and he looked at me and says, all right, Dan, it's over. Um, come downstairs, it's time for dinner. And that was it. Well, I just laid there because I was just so upset with myself and, and I'm laying there crying and, and finally my dad comes back up and so says, Dan, we're waiting. We're not going to start without you. Uh, let's go. And part of it was I was just, I was embarrassed. I was ashamed of myself. And I had to go downstairs and sit there with my brothers and sisters who were probably just joyful at my downfall. And, and so uh, I, I finally uh, got myself up together and went down and was quiet, sat there at, the t at my spot and we prayed and uh, we started eating. And it was, it, it, my dad was right, it was over. So brothers and sisters, it's over. Your exile's over. Let's, uh, let's look at it this way. There's this poor guy, this leper. Now, leprosy is a terrible affliction. Uh, and skin disease, back then, without any kind of medication or medicines, uh, these people lived with it and suffered with it and died with it. It was a disfiguring thing where your fingers and your say nose would fall off and your skin was rotted right? you were unclean and you had to tell everybody I'm unclean and you had to leave your family you had to leave your your spouse you had to leave your kids you had to leave your job you had to leave the temple you weren't allowed to go to the temple and even pray you had to live apart as it says in, in, in the prescriptions of, of Leviticus he shall dwell apart, making his home outside the camp. Outside the camp, outside the family, outside your marriage, outside your kids, outside your job, outside the church. The devastating isolation and loneliness that that scourge brought upon a person. And yet, he punches through it and with great courage sees the Lord and and in violation of every ritual prescription against uh, an unclean person touching uh, a clean one, Jesus puts his hands on him and, and touches him and, and begins this, this, this moment of restoration. It starts with the guy saying, I want to be, be healed. I'm tired of this. I'm tired of living like this. I don't like being isolated. I don't like being ashamed. I don't like being outside the camp. I don't like being away from my family or my friends and my job and everything else. I don't like it. 
I want to come home. I want to come back. So Jesus, please. No, that's us. The, the spiritual leprosy that we all carry, those things in our life by which we, we think make us unlovable, unclean, undeserving. There's not a person here who hasn't had a moment in their life where they felt, golly, I really blew it. Boy, that was a big mistake. Man, am I in trouble. Now what do I do? And maybe we're experiencing, experiencing that right now in our life. We're, we're ashamed of ourselves and the way we live our life and how it is we do the things we do. The Lord says, it's over. I don't want you to live like this. I don't want you to be ashamed of yourself. I want you to, to know yourself the way I know you and love yourself the way I love you. Folks, he wants the best for you. And there are things in our life that are not the best. But Jesus doesn't know us by those things. All he wants to do is heal those things. So you don't know yourself by those things. Go to him. Kneel before him and just say, Jesus, I'm tired of it. I'm done with it. I don't want to carry this thing around anymore. I don't want to do this thing anymore. I don't want to act this way anymore. I'm sorry and I'm done with it. I'm exhausted. I'm tired. I'm lonely. I'm outside the camp and I want to come back. I've been sent to my room and I just want to come back to the table and eat and live and love with my family. You deserve it, folks. So it's over. Go to him. We just had our first uh, uh, confessions this last week. Little kids, huh? It's always a great thing. These lovely little uh, creatures who've, who have attained the age of reason, huh? which means they know what they're doing. And they know right from wrong. And that they can exercise their will in such a way as to choose the good and avoid the bad. Like you and I. But just like us, they sometimes have, exercising their will and their reason, chosen wrongly. And, and, they're, and they're so nervous. You know, they go in there and, and it's not the priest, it's Jesus. And they kneel before him and say, Lord, if you will it, you can make me clean. Yay, Yay is right. <laughs> and, and, and what's more, their folks brought him. And so I asked, the, I asked the parents, I said, we have enough priests here. And the reason why we have all these extra priests is so you can go too. Now, this is, this is an interesting thing because a lot, of a, a lot of us haven't been to confession in a long time. Maybe we're afraid to go. Maybe we think, ah, I, I, I just would rather just sit on the front porch with my cup of coffee and say, Jesus, I'm sorry. Well, who wouldn't want to do that? 
But who wouldn't want to have the opportunity to go to Jesus and kneel before him and say, Lord, I'm living outside the camp. I'm outside grace. I want to get back. If you will it, you can make me clean. And he does. And what was so gratifying is that so many of the parents went. And some of them hadn't been in 10, 15, 20 years, maybe even since their first confession. And can you imagine the, the freedom of receiving that grace brought to us by Jesus on the cross so that we might live as his sons, as sons and daughters of our loving Father, that we might be able to come back to the table, come back to the family, come back to worship, come back to, to living our lives fully and with joy, huh? Yeah, it was awesome. And it's like that every time. You know, it's Lent this week, isn't it? Aren't you so excited? Lent's here. Praise God. Don't we need it? Just to be reminded of what we're made for by identifying those things in our life that keep us from living the way we're supposed to live. You know, the, the isolating effects of our sins, the isolating effects of our idols, whether it's maybe it's technology, maybe we spend a, too much time on our, our phones, our tablets, social media, the divisiveness of the last year, and maybe we participated in that. Grudges, anxieties, fears that we don't share with the Lord. Maybe our idols are, besides our technology and our phones, our, our computers, the internet, our televisions, our music. Maybe it's, maybe it's uh, uh, the, the threefold concupiscence, uh, money, sex, and power. Choose your drug, whatever it is. We've all got stuff that make us feel like we're living outside the camp. It's time to come home. It's over. And so this Lent, let's, let's really work hard together. There's a, uh, the bishop up in, in uh, Madison, he's a great guy, uh, Bishop uh, Don Hine. And he uh, sent a letter to his priest. You can look it up online. Just came out. And he was, the beginning of the letter is really about uh, avoiding the divisiveness and the isolating effects of the controversies of our time. And, and being agents not of unity from the pulpit, but of division. He's really saying to the priest, unite your people, don't divide them. But then he says, after he talks to his priest, he says, I have a suggestion for everybody. I'm just going to read you a little bit of what he said. I have a suggestion for everyone, including myself. Let's spend these months leading up to Easter in deeper prayer, penance, and almsgiving. Instead of pointing accusatory fingers at others, let's point one at ourselves. How can I be more patient, kind, gentle, and compassionate to other people, especially those I disagree with? Get off social media and get in front of the Blessed Sacrament. Stop watching so much news and start reading the good news. Spend the time in service to help the poor instead of writing angry emails. Examine your conscience regarding the sins of calumny, rash judgment, violent anger, malicious speech, and then go to confession. Go to Jesus with your leprosy. Tell him you want 
to be clean because you're tired of living the isolating effects of our spiritual impoverishment. Tell him that. And he'll make you clean. One last thing. Jesus tells this guy to go to the priest and offer the ritual prescribed for those who have been cured of leprosy. So I went and I looked it up. What is that ritual prescription? It's in Leviticus. And this is wild. The person had to take two birds and take uh, one of the birds and snap its neck off. Pull its head off. You imagine blood spurting everywhere. It's a great image for a Sunday morning. And, and to take that, that bird that's spurting blood and, and pour that blood on the, on the head of the other bird that's still alive. And then to set that live bird free. I wonder if Jesus knew what he was doing when he told the man to go back and do that thing. I wonder if then he was thinking of you and I and our need for healing and the blood that he would pour forth from his love for us by his blood. We are healed.